Nelson, alcoholic addict, not my real name. That is a fake name that I use here at my newsletter. Uh, at, I was at a meeting this week, and we read from the big book uh, and the appendix called Spiritual Experience. If you haven't read Spiritual Experience, I'd encourage you. It's about a page and a half long, so it's not huge investment. Um, it uh, pops up as an asterisk in multiple places throughout the big book. So the founders of um, 12-Step Recovery must have thought it was pretty important uh, for us alcoholics. So it does what it says. You know, it's about what spiritual experience, what they are and how they happen and what they mean. And I put a link to it in the written version of this newsletter. You can click on it there. When I first got sober and I started reading about the importance of spiritual experiences, I had a very specific idea of what that meant. I thought it was something that happened maybe one time and it involved bright lights and the clouds parting and unicorns flying down from the sky and perhaps I ride on the unicorns in joyousness that this moment has arrived and that was what a spiritual experience was and when it happened my life was going to change forever. Guess what? That has not happened yet for me. <laughs> yes, I ride unicorns, but that's part of a stress management program with my therapist. But, no, I'm just kidding. No unicorns. I have found, ex I, I've definitely had spiritual experiences, but they, I found them to be small, steady signs of transformation in my life. Sometimes noticeable in the moment and sometimes not. So I've had multiple times when, I'll be driving home from work or from a family get-together, and I'll say to myself, geez, I've never behaved that well or gotten along with people like I just did, and I didn't even need alcohol or drugs to do it. That's a spiritual experience. Or I've gotten a promotion at work and had a celebration, but it's usually an ego-based celebration, like look at me, I'm on top of the world, give me all of the praise, please, when is my next promotion? <laughs> you know, it's not till a week or two later that I think to myself how I had 10 years of my life where I was virtually unemployable, let alone in consideration of more responsibility and more compensation. And um, so that's a, that's a spiritual experience too, right? So when we read it the other night at the meeting, I took note of every word from spiritual experience. I took note of every word carefully. And sure enough, there's no mention of the clouds parting or the unicorn riding. That was all in my head. And it's mostly, you know, the reading, it's mostly about the changes that happen within us, not to us. It uses the phrase of the, of the educational variety. Uh, and that means it's not the money variety or the sex variety or the being named CEO variety. It's of the educational variety. It's not stuff that we get necessarily that is a spiritual experience. Um, our literature also does not say that that the spiritual experiences that we're going to have, it doesn't say that they're huge, that they're giant, shocking things that happen. Far from it. There's no mention of lightning bolts striking us or getting rich. Um, and us finally being honest or kind or anything else so big that one chapter of our lives ends and another begins suddenly. It's, it's not like that. And then last but certainly not least, I also noticed for the first time that spiritual experience doesn't say anything about spiritual experiences being only good or bad events. It indicates that we all should seek out spiritual experiences and that they are important growth generators, but it doesn't say that the 
change always comes from positive events. Um, so sure, I you know job promotions, childbirth, weddings—they're probably awesome moments uh, to detect transformations in ourselves. I, they're definitely spiritual experiences, I would think. But I also thought about it. I've learned more in my sober time from things I never would have chosen for myself than the stuff I want and then I get. You know, there's a lot of growth that happens from pain, and I have certainly found that. I still remember a moment about. In about four months into sobriety, three months, something like that, my life had turned around. I was going to at least four meetings a week. I was making a lot of phone calls, working closely with my first sponsor. It was happening. It was a miracle. I was sober. I was on a pink cloud. It was awesome. And then I hit a rough patch, uh, mostly involving my work. Um, I tend to be one of those people who works really hard, too hard sometimes. Honestly, work can become a higher power in a hurry. Um so I, I work hard, and that means I don't do well delegating or, or acting like a good teammate for others on projects. You know, I like to take stuff and run with it. And I guess in basketball, you'd call me a ball hog, <laughs> trying to take every shot. Well, I had, you know, that week, uh, well, it was more than a week, but I had a couple months sober, and I had a big work project assigned to me, which was a spiritual experience unto itself. I hadn't had a lot of assignments where people were like, hey, let's put you in charge. But that's what happened. Uh, but it involved a bunch of people. And I was, I guess I'd call myself the lead grunt on it. Um, but we had a supervisor who was working with us. So I wasn't like the boss. I was just kind of the lead worker. And the supervisor was someone who I was unimpressed with. Uh, let's call him Biff. Uh, we'll use the name Biff. So I did not, not, not overly impressed with Biff. I felt like Biff was swooping in and out of the project, nitpicking here and there, but mostly just coasting along as we busted our asses, uh, making it happen. And I started, I found myself, I started to have some little passive aggressive behavior around him. I would talk some shit about him within our group. And I just generally started to build a nice size resentment against this guy. And when we finally had it near the finish line and some of our, his boss's bosses started weighing in with feedback. Uh, my head exploded when my boss on the project said, yeah, you know, you're right. Why are we doing it this way? Um, my immediate reaction was, you know what? Go F yourself, buddy. If you thought we should be doing it that way, why didn't you say anything the first 52 times we discussed it? Now um, you're throwing us in, under the bus in front of your bosses so that you can escape some blame. You son of a, I won't finish that statement because I didn't say any of that. I did think it, uh, I did make a few snippy comments and I definitely had, uh, my frustration on my face. Um, and I remember the meeting where we got some pushback from above. I remember we were sitting in my boss's boss's boss office. So like three levels above me, um, and at the end of the meeting, he said, all right, uh, this is looking mostly good. I really like it. Um, let's meet again two weeks from now. Um, and I really appreciate your work. And everybody started to file out. And he made eye contact with me and indicated that he'd be interested in me sticking around by myself in the office. And when the door closed, he said, what was that? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I, I saw, and then he paused for a long time. And finally finished the sentence. He said, I saw the old you in that meeting that just happened. 
very thin-skinned, about just mild pushback. Um, you seemed very aggravated specifically with Biff. <laughs> uh, and it just doesn't feel like the same person that's been working here for the past four months. What's going on here? And he knew my situation. He'd encouraged me to go to rehab. Um, and I loved him for that. I respected him and cared about him because he bent over backwards to help me get launched into recovery. Um, and I send that guy a note every year on my sober anniversary to say thank you. And I always will do that. But he wasn't wasn't going to meetings with me. And he just saw the end result every day in the office. And um, he was blown away positively for four months. Well, three months and 29 days, I guess, because <laughs> that day he was not. What he, what he was actually saying that in that moment, without even knowing it, was that he had been seeing a sober person in recovery for a while and then not. He saw a dry person uh, at that meeting, and that worried him. And that was a spiritual experience for me. It wasn't pleasant. It was not pleasant at all. Uh, I wish it hadn't happened. I wish I didn't uh, have that that moment. But it was a critical moment that I learned from. I vividly remember it because it introduced me to the concept of carrying these principles into all our affairs. doesn't say that you carry all your, these principles into all of our affairs except if you're working with Biff, you know? <laughs> so uh, my recovery shouldn't be something that happens four times a week for an hour each in the basement of churches, and then that's it. It should be happening when I'm driving, when I am at the playground with my kids, and yes, when I am with Biff in the office. So looking forward to my next spiritual experience. It might not be huge. It might not have the unicorns. It might not even be a piece of good news. It might involve Biff again. Who knows? I just have faith that uh, whatever that spiritual experience is, it'll be a great growth experience for me. Thanks for letting me 